Welcome to Chapter 83 of Jeff and Julie Move to France During a Global Pandemic. On this week's show, we will report on the inaugural Foire au Vin, Outdoor Fair in Tournon. And bad news for owners of second homes in France. Hey, we finally got a little bit of rain overnight. That was amazing. We haven't had rain in how, how long? Like, would you say a month? Pretty much. Yeah. And and last night we got quite a bit of rain, along with thunder and lightning. Uh. <laughs> um, but we didn't get the winds that some parts of France got. So we were, we, and we got no hail. No. So we were kind of uh, um, unscathed no. that way. Instead of hail, we got uh, anxious dog. We have one, one uh. dog that does not deal well with inclement weather. He gets very nervous and panty and whiny. And and the biggest scam in the world, I'm just going to say it right now. <laughs> no. The thunder shirt <laughs> for dogs. Yeah. Well, I, I bought him a thunder shirt back in Canada for car rides because he's very anxious uh. about car rides. So I figured it will, would apply to thunderstorms. What, what a scam that is. Anyway, how how many hours did he pace the house? Like, would you say like three? Oh, the same amount of hours with the dog shirt than without. Let's oh. just put it that way. <laughs> well, apparently you're supposed to rub like um, those um, dryer oh. sheets to help prevent the static. And I didn't sure, do that. Sure you are. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's it. Anyway, we're a little tired because our little doggy Bradley kept us up most of the night with with his uh, pacing and whining. Oh, by the way, the other nutty thing that you just bought, jeez, uh, <laughs> you won't believe this. So it's this, uh, <laughs> it's this basket sort of a thing. Uh, to, uh, picture like a Tupperware container, and then on top of a grill, there are these rocks in a bag, and that's supposed to dehumidify. Anyway, <laughs> is it working? Not a drop. Not a drop. It's been in there a week. Not a drop. <laughs> Just another thing that you you see on the internet and you it buy. It wasn't on the internet. I, I, I bought it in person. Oh. I thought it was a logical thing. It was only eight euros. I thought, <laughs> oh, if we can get rid of some of the humidity in the gym, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> like I said, not a drop. So you can put that in the long list of swell purchases. Yeah, we, you know, we, you've made a bunch of bad purchases, like the online weight system that never came. You keep bringing that well, up. Well, it never came. Well, I know, but that was also, that was a gamble. That was, a, I, I mean, I knew that was a gamble. And just, you know. A 90 euro gamble? I spent eight euros. That's like, you know. Yes, but you've spent eight euros on a multitude of things that ne just never pan out. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Dehumidifier. That one's that one. Hey, I uh, <clears throat> just before we get going here, I had a really uh, great experience. I, I had to go to a chiropractor and you had you were. Uh, kind enough to find it on Dr. Libro or whatever you call Dr. it. Dr. Lieb. And uh, we found one like within a half hour of here and she's just amazing and uh, speaks just enough English and I speak just enough French to make the whole thing happen. Yeah, I pulled a uh, I pulled a muscle in my neck from... Uh, How did you do that? Uh, carrying the show. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so I go over there and first of all, it's another one of these... There is no address. One thing you got to know about France. Rural France. No, pretty much like it's everywhere. There's no number to the house. And, and so like, I just don't know. I don't understand, especially 
in the world pre-GPS, although the GPS people, they don't seem to have a handle on it either. But I cannot imagine uh, navigating this country pre-GPS with the, this address system. It is just ridiculous. Well, if you were in a big city, Marseille, Nice, Lyon, Paris, there are, there are street numbers for every home, Julie, every building. look at Canada. Look at how huge Canada is. And mm-hmm. everybody's got some kind of a, whether it's a rural route, what whatever it is, you got an actual address for your house. Right. We had in Rockwood an actual address on our town line. And I'm telling you here, so honestly, this place was in a little town, and that's all it said, was, you know, it basically said, we're in this town. That's all the address was. So I had to literally park the car and walk around until I found the sign on the door. Huh. Well, but how long did it take you to find it? Well, I had to, I walked around, couldn't find it, so I went to the pharmacy thinking, ah, that was smart. Right. And and they, oh yeah, down there, and turn left, (laughs) right. It's just like the dark ages. Uh, of an address system here. Anyway, well, it's it's just starting. Like we we got numbers. Oh yeah, we got numbers, Julie, two years ago, and they still don't have them registered. Not on the GPS. So if we order something online that's being delivered to the house, be, be, nine times out of get 10, ready for phone calls. I have a phone call, and I've got to try to get them to the right location. So it's uh, it's a bit of a frustration. Uh, we're we're still registered under uh, lieu dit, right? Yeah, which is very common in which rural means. France. Uh, a a place called blank, right? A place called whatever your, yeah. your property name is, and so um, you know that that's. A, but you can put that in your GPS, right? But also, there are a number of places called that. <laughs> that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's not definitive in terms of that's your address because ours was actually shared by a hotel in a nearby town. Yeah, we so, once got a really nice delivery that yeah. <laughs> we were sad to send away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that's a, that's another story. But just get used to that when you're bombing through France. Don't don't ex- if you're in rural France, don't expect an, uh, you know a specific address for a location because uh, invariably it's this Liu D system and who knows where that gets you. Uh, but anyway, I'm at the um, I'm at the chiropractor, and she she paid me a, a really nice compliment. Uh, she said it's so nice to see uh, a, a new person in France who's trying to learn the language because she picked up that I'm trying my best to mm-hmm. speak the language, mm-hmm. and uh, she said uh, she said it really bothers me that, and I said, well, what people don't. Don't speak uh, like the language, or she said, no. People who've lived here for six, seven, eight years don't even have the courtesy to say bonjour or au revoir. That's how bad it is. And I, mm. and, and she said, and here's what she said. Now again, anecdotal, but take it where it's coming from. This is someone who deals with the public all the time. Yeah. And she said, the best English-speaking countries to. Uh, absorb the language absorb the culture and absorb the language mm-hmm. are Canada and the US really she said the worst offenders are the Brits mm. the worst offenders well we we've we've actually witnessed that yep. like we've been to restaurants where there's not one word of French being spoken because it's in a very British specific location now that said we have also encountered uh British couples 
uh, that uh, live, say, in the Dordogne, who speak very good French. And we, because yes. we've been in restaurants where, oh, I see, it's it's a table full of Brits, but they're speaking really, really good French. So, right. so again, anecdotal tip typically means there are there are outliers and and uh, exceptions to the rule. But she said that in her experience in nine years of being in the chiropractic field, the people from England just do not wish to speak anything, like even to the, it's to the point of rudeness. Well, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but it may be because a lot of the Brits are here living in their second home, okay. a holiday home. Yep. So it's not as big a commitment. Like for the people coming from the U.S. and people coming from Canada, chances are you've made a big investment, so you want to be integrated in part of the community. No, that's a really good point. Uh, but I I just, I think that in, in, in fairness, you can say bonjour. You can say oh, yeah. au revoir. You can, you can it's, it's make a, an effort. Yeah, there's, there's a book that was written by a Quebec couple who lived here, and it's called the bonjour effect. And it, it's a must. When you enter a store or meet someone, you say bonjour. You acknowledge that there's another human being that's in your path and, and you, you want to be friendly. Um, so uh, I think you're right. That's the very least that you can do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we have guests coming uh, over the next few days. And, you know, it's it's going to be great to uh, see Linda and Sven. And Linda is coming from the Ottawa region and spent most of her time in Montreal. And she speaks uh, a lovely bit of French and, yes. and is looking forward to using it yeah. here. Yeah. No, it, it will be great. And, you know, I, I remember walking in the forest with your nephew and uh, we would cross people and I would say bonjour. And he was going, you say bonjour to everybody? I go, yeah, you say bonjour to everybody. And all of a sudden he just, every time we cross someone, he would say bonjour. Yeah. And he took great pleasure in that because you get a response. Like people respond to you. But I just, what what is this thing? What is, is it, is it an entitlement from the people who just absolutely refuse to even participate in the language? You don't have to go to a class to learn bonjour and au revoir. You just don't. No, and plus there are great online systems that you could do at your own pace, and and you've been mm-hmm. uh, taking part in that in that practice, and you're really enjoying doing your twenty thirty minutes a day, and then yeah. practicing, and, and and I like making reservations. I like going to the store. I went to this appointment by myself. I go to the doctor. I do all these things. Try to put myself out there by myself. Went to the dentist. Mm-hmm. All this stuff, and and I am trying. I'm not I'm not expecting anyone to speak English. I hope they expect me to try and learn French. Right. That's that's what I would want in Canada. Yep. No, uh, and and you're doing very well and I think that's the right attitude if you're choosing to live amongst the French. That's right. Or if you're choosing to live anywhere in the world, like you yeah, want to yeah, move yeah. to China, you better you, learn Mandarin yeah. or you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh so that that that's just uh, I just found that really interesting and she was quite uh, you know offended by those people who expect her to speak English. Mm-hmm. And she but but on the flip side of that, she was uh, complimenting me and 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 you know was was very glad to say that North Americans, when they come here, really. So she didn't hurt your neck too badly. No, <laughs> she put a beating on me. <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, because I had a lot of pain from, well, as I mentioned earlier, carrying, carrying the show. Carrying the show. Wasn't it by tying your shoelace or something? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we mentioned, we have guests coming. We've been making uh, reservations. We've been uh, uh, planning get- out our meals and our trips and. Can't wait. Can't wait. And uh, one of the things that we spoke about last week was this Heritage Weekend thing. 
And I hope the weather allows us to uh, go and, and check a few things, a couple things out. Anyway, mm-hmm. I don't want to get all crazy, but but the, the, we've yeah, had not a, too much culture for you. No, no, <laughs> no. Like I said, <laughs> a little it, culture at a time. Yeah, it inter- interferes with uh, yeah, yeah, interferes yeah, yeah, with yeah. more important things. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a couple of spots that we've wanted to check out the interiors of, and one of them is this little church just down below us. We've mm-hmm. been on the outside of it, and we've. We've uh, included photos of it. If you want to check back, it's the, uh, what was that? The Noyac one. Yeah, Église de Noyac. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we want to kind of see the inside, and so they're going to be do- uh, offering a little tour down there. Mm-hmm. And then there's the chateau across the river in Saint-Sylvestre uh, called uh, Le Chateau Fourassou, and it's a privately owned chateau. Uh, so it's uh, it's only one weekend a year where you have access to seeing the insides of the property. And and this uh, Heritage Weekend, it, it happens not everywhere, but throughout Europe. And it's basically for places that you don't have access to throughout the year, They and, and including private residences like, like the one you just mentioned. Yeah, and it's free of charge. So even if you have access to it during the year, this weekend, you're not paying for admission. I see. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. So it's it's, it's a good a, idea. It's a great idea. It's a big it's a big deal. And when it, it happens on a one specific weekend, yes, it's the third weekend in September every year. It's been going on, I believe, for forty years, uh, and there are fifty countries that participate. So it's a pretty massive weekend in Europe. Something to keep in mind if you're planning uh, to visit uh, Europe in the fall is the third weekend in September, because anywhere you go. Or for the most part, you're going to be able to partake in some pretty cool spots. Yep. So I'm getting my haircut the other day, and uh, by the way, Stefan does just an amazing job. <laughs> he he suckered me into this conversation, and <laughs> and I became the laughing stock of the room. So he just idly mentioned, "So you know, you're watching the rugby," and I go, "No." Oh. What? Catastrophe. You're not watching the rugby. And then he looks at the guy in the other chair. He's not watching the rugby. And then he starts laughing. And his brother, who is uh, cutting hair in the other chair, he's laughing. And then and then I said, okay, okay, when does the next, when's the next? Because the thing, the, the thing is from September 8th to October 28th, and it's in every city in France. Like, it's in Marseille, Toulouse, Lyon, Bordeaux, Paris, Marseille. It's in all these cities. And I said, so when's the next game for France? Because they just beat uh, New Zealand. Oh. And France is ranked third in the world. Oh, I did not know that. New Zealand's ranked fourth, so they just Ooh. beat New Zealand. Okay. And uh, Ireland is the team to beat this year, and South Africa is the defending champ. So, um, so I said, when, when, when's the next game? <laughs> and he said, Thursday. I said, oh, what time? And he goes, uh, 2100 hours 21 uh, uh, 9 o'clock at night and I go yeah. 9 o'clock and I and I, I put my, my head <laughs> on my hands and close my eyes I'm sleeping then and now the whole room is done because nobody goes to sleep at 9 o'clock that's in when France. they start dinner yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> and so they're all howling, and he goes, you're sleeping? What are you sleeping for? And I, then I have to try and explain my whole previous life where I got up at... Three, three o'clock in the morning. And I sleep during the day. Had to and, walk to the station barefoot in the snow. <laughs> and oh. 
Shut up. <laughs> uh, but oh. you know what? You know what I really love about this salon is they've got two rooms, right? And yeah. they're connected. But there's one room where it's, the guys. it's the guys' room. So it's got more masculine colors and it's uh. it's Stefan and his brother. Oh, I forgot his name. Jerome. Jerome. And the two of them kibitz the whole time. It's it's really like like being at a bar without the booze, right? It's, yeah, it's no, like, it's, it's, it's it's great. Really fun. Yeah. I'm sure if you asked for booze, they'd have it because they're always asking if you want a coffee or anything. It's just a great spot, and uh, they have fun. They they do have fun. <laughs> and guys come in, and you know, it's like it's it reminded me the other day because one guy came in who's a clown, and he called him a foo. Uh, <laughs> and it reminded me of Norm entering Cheers. <laughs> like it's like right when he opened the door. Oh, bonjour. bonjour. It's really, fun. it's really fun spot. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And so, see, and you and you've integrated yourself into that, mm-hmm. you know, that circle. Well, and when I first started going there about a year ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to participate in the conversation as much as I did the other day. It was a lot of fun. It was all in French, and it was really I totally understood what they were saying, and uh, and it, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I think that's the key. Like you know, you're you're a, a funny person in so many different ways, <laughs> um, but. Um, Is that a compliment? Uh, yish. <laughs> um, so, ish. <laughs> ish. Uh, so when you can be funny in, in another language, that's a sign that you really understand. The I'm language. funny because of the other language because I can't pronounce <laughs> half the words. Uh, but uh, no, no, it was fun. We had a great, and he knows he can. You know, like yeah, yeah. He knows he can bust my chops. Uh, uh, why? Why do most people know that right off the? Uh, it's, it's it's in your your aura. Oh, I see. But, in your attitude. Yeah. Well, which is great because I love it. As my dad used to say, uh, he loved being in the barrel. He loved uh, that 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 was the old phrase. Oh, he's in the barrel. To, who's who's in the barrel today? And uh-huh. you know, it was always my dad, and now me. Thanks for passing that on down. <laughs> but anyway, it's a lot of fun, and uh, so I I think I will try and take in a couple of games. I got a month and a half to do it. Yeah. This well, we just goes. have to figure out on our lame TV. Yeah. Where. <laughs> Where to find it? Yeah. He's, he said it was free on Channel One. We don't get Channel One. We don't get Channel One. Who doesn't get <laughs> we, Channel you know One? We don't get Channel One through 40. <laughs> it's, it's pathetic. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll try to figure that situation out uh, in future. But back to your point, you know, we're, we're, we're what they call strangers here in France. Mm-hmm. We're étrangers. And there are lots of people... Um, that own a home here, but it's not their primary residence. You would you would think then other Europeans for the most part. For the most part, there are, there are not very many uh, Americans and Canadians that live in France. Although we we have met uh, two couples from the U.S. who come here yes. twice a year or so. Second home. Second homes. Yeah. yeah. And so you know, with the second home, uh, recently, um, you know, our, we received our tax bill, and we did get the seven point one mandatory tax increase. That's, that's right. across France. Yeah. But our commune chose not to increase our rate, so we we did okay in in the bump up. Um, but this year we didn't have to pay the la taxe d'habitation, which is uh, which is only applicable now to people who have second homes. And uh, to credit to to credit our uh, accountant here, she was able to get us off of that uh, what do you call it again? Uh, taxe d'habitation. Yeah, because uh, I, I think the lead up to this year, which is when it all went into place, you used to have to pay that with your principal uh, home ownership as well. Mm-hmm. But I think in those years leading up to this, they were able to 
get people yes. either that or uh, they got she got us off because we were just uh, brand new. I don't know how she did it, but anyway, I don't ask questions. <laughs> if you don't have to pay something, That's we're right. happy. I don't. But you know, uh, there are many uh, Europeans that make France their second home or their holiday home. Number one being, I would say n- number one is Belgium. Nope. Belgium. Nope. Oh, uh, Netherlands. Brits. Oh, the Brits, the people who don't speak the French. The Brits, and then uh, people from Belgium, and then Italians. No kidding. And then Swiss. Ah, the Swiss, yes. Right. And I I don't think we even make the list as Canadians. I think the Netherlanders, they just come with their campers and then go back. I don't think they... (laughs) No, they really do love the camper truck thing. That's the thing that they they love to do. Yeah. But one out of every 10 homes in in France is is a holiday home. Whoa. That's pretty that's pretty impressive. That's really high. Yeah. And and they they're condensed in in certain areas of France, like the east coast. So are you south. saying like Provence, I would say Provence would be like For, No, ma- mountainous. 33% of of uh, holiday homes are in the mountains. Like like the, like uh, on in the Alps? south. Yeah, south south uh lower southeast. Pyrenees? Yeah, yep. Okay. Uh, and uh, and then on the on the Atlantic coast, uh, an, another dense population. We, mm. we in in our region don't have a very high percentage Good. of <laughs> of strangers living here. We're 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 perfect. We're the only strangers in the village. Oh, and we're strange. <laughs> we are like people look at us, and uh, as we walk, I don't know what. what well, you like, know do what? We, it, well, do we what, have a thing now? Do we? Are, do they know? Well, maybe they know those are there's, those are the Canadians. Those are those weird people. Yeah. Well, we're we're also you know kind of in the public eye because we're battling our our solar field issue. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it's not as if we're going invisibly uh, in in different places. Certainly um, aren't. No. But uh, you know, most of these 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 people acclimatize to the, the language of of the land. Mm. So I think it's it's really important for for les étrangers. To learn how to speak French if they don't already speak French when they come here. Right. And that kind of brings me to the French phrase of the day. So the French phrase is about the uh, second homes? or It's more about uh, learning uh, another language. Ah, okay. This one is from um, Zaza Gabor. Well, she's not French. No, but this site, I found it in French and I thought it was appropriate. She was a pretty funny girl, huh? She was very funny. She, was she funnier than Ava? I think they were both quite interesting. Okay. Which one was on, on Green Acres? Oh, now we're aging ourselves. I know, on Green Acres, yeah. I, I think that was Zaza. I, I think so too. Yeah. So here we go. Here is the French phrase of the day. Holy, I just looked at it. <laughs> it's a little bit more ample than usual. Ample? Um, le meilleur moyen d'apprendre une langue étrangère est d'épouser... Un homme de cette nationalité. Chose étrange. J'ai été marié cinq fois et je parle pourtant sept langues. Okay. Je me demande bien d'où sort les deux dernières. Well, I don't know what SORS is. That's um, from sortir. Okay. Where, where it comes from. So the best... 
uh, way to learn mm-hmm. a language, a foreign language, a foreign language mm-hmm. is to puse inom to marry. Oh, to marry a man uh, from that nationality. Correct. Okay, not bad. Shows uh, étrange things. Strange thing. Oh, strange thing. I married uh, five times, and I speak seven languages. I wonder. Uh, of course, I can't finish this thing. <laughs> I, I wonder. Bien douze les deux derniers. How? I wonder what happened to the the two that I. No, I uh, I wonder where the two others come from. The two last ones come from. Ah. So. So what? Oh. She's intimating. She had five hus- husbands and. But she knows seven languages. Oh, oh. I see. <laughs> so you're saying that she got around. I think she did. And was quite pleased with her efforts. <laughs> I guess so. So one more time. No. Jeez. What? Well, the podcast will be over if you have to read this again. <laughs> Le meilleur moyen d'apprendre une langue étrangère est d'épouser un homme de cette nationalité. Chose étrange, j'ai été marié cinq fois et je parle pourtant sept langues. Je me demande bien d'où je sors les deux dernières. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. No, from go. from, uh, from Zsa Zsa Gabor, who, uh, you know, uh, makes no bones. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Makes no bones about it. All right. On that note, uh, that is the French phrase book of the day. Uh, we took it in. We, we took in the... Uh, we went to La Foire au Vin yeah. in Tournant d'Agenais. It was their inaugural foire, the first year. Um, it's organized by Les Amis de la Bastide. So it's the same people who put on the, the May 1st show. The May 1st show is sort of the garden and flower show. There are throngs of people at this thing. I think mm. if you go back to our May 1st episode, you will see just how many people attend this and how beautiful it is. And so the committee decided, let's try this. The Foie au uh, Vin is something that happens every year for the last 40 or 50 years. It's the sale of the wine. Yes. And so um, we got there and and we were expecting, as we did with La Foire aux Fleurs, um, to have to park uh, below the Bastide and get driven up by bus. Um, but I don't think they were expecting this many people, you know, because it's the first event, first time that they've organized this event. So we were able to drive all the way up to the Bastide and walk up. And it, there were, it, it was attended, you know, not like Les, La Foire aux Fleurs, but there were people milling around. Well, and the, here's the interesting thing. I really hope that they continue this because I, I think at the, at the root of it, it's a great idea. Um, events have to take hold, and this was the first time, but it was fairly sparsely attended. And I kind of felt sorry for some of the vendors because I kept looking over and nobody was going there. Some and... were clearly more popular than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there were, there were um, stands uh, from... A, bunch of different areas in France, not just local. And thank God for that, because, you know, I, I love the Cahors region, and I, I do like the Malbec wines. A lot of them are pretty heavy. 
Um, they're pretty powerful, so it was nice to kind of, hey, there's a Côte de Rhone or there's something from Alsace. And, yeah, and there was from the Loire Valley. Loire and from, Valley. Yeah, and from uh, Bergerac. And Bordeaux. So, yeah, they, we, they had that pretty well covered. Um, the, the people I've, I've felt sort of badly for because of, especially because of the quality of their product was the the Armagnac there was one booth that sold the Armagnac which is similar to cognac it's a brandy but I I just prefer it like times 10 over the cognac it's just such an interesting well, taste and these these guys are the ones who run the organization a nice couple um, they were so friendly and, and so proud of their product. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe Almagnac is just not as popular in this region of France. Well, I was very happy to uh, purchase a couple of bottles. We will include lots of photos from the event and my little two gems from this couple on our Facebook page at Jeff and Julie Move to France. Now, you tasted two different Almagnac, oh, right? Wow. Yeah. So the first one you tasted was... 2000. From 2000. So already 20, 23 years old. But she she identified it really well. She said pas, pas aggressive. So mm-hmm. and neither one of them were like punch in the face. They were very soft. Even though Armagnac, as you know, is a very strong tasting drink. But, but it but it gets uh, softer with time. Yeah, and, and then more and more complex. Right. Also picked up a small bottle of nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. That's from before we met. That's true. Wow. So it was, oh, I mean, it had, it had so, so much, like a more of a caramel, more of a, obviously more of a mature taste to mm-hmm. it, but both just fantastic. And I was kind of hoping, I kept looking over there, I was hoping it would grab on and people would start checking them out. I hope they decide to come next year. And I, as with a lot of the vendors who were there who may not have done that well or made the thing pay off, it all, there's always growing pains with these events. And mm-hmm. it was a great idea. Great idea. The uh, the other element that played against them was that it was quite hot. Yeah, it was good weather, though. It wasn't raining. No, it was sunny, but, you know, it was like 33 degrees in the afternoon, yeah. so not everybody wants to be outdoors, and, and so that may have dissuaded people from, from attending the event. The other people who I don't think did as well as expected were... Any vendor who wasn't selling wine. So there were people selling, you know, preserves and honey, and there were people selling, you know, prune-related products. and Charcuterie. Charcuterie. And I don't think they did as well as, as they might have expected uh, also, uh, just because I think people went there with the idea of picking up some cool wines. Right. Well, we uh, we picked up some wine from Bergerac region, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting because we I learned what... Haute valeur environnementale is. So this this uh, winery, which is called Domaine de Sauban mm-hmm. uh, in Bergerac, uh, is certified um, with uh, high value for the environment. Ah. So they they do everything to protect biodiversity. They have a strategic way of treating their plants. Um, certainly trying to stay away from anything that is uh, chemical. Um, much more in the the organic range, and they make sure that they, with fertilization and watering, are respectful of the environment. Um, so we we did a little tasting and uh, really quite delicious rosé and and white, and I like the blends from Bergerac. Um, you know they they use the and this particular uh, domaine de Sauban use uh, Sauvignon Gris 
and not Sauvignon Blanc. Oh. So it's a Sauvignon Gris, uh, Muscadet, uh, Semillon. And didn't they have a, a Viognier as well? Or no, I think that was another okay. another place that we went there. But it was really cute when we when we arrived at the venue. Uh, there was a the, the friends of the Bastide that had a table set up, and you could purchase for three dollars uh, your personal wine glass so that you could go taste different places, and it was more hygienic. And 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 they had engraved, you know, the name of the city, and and it was it was very wonderful. And with the glass that you purchased, you got a ticket for the tombola. Oh, the tombola. <laughs> I knew this was coming up. So the tombola is a raffle. And tombola, the word actually originates from Italy, but it's been, you know, uh, used in France quite commonly. And so we have, we're having lunch and I have my little ticket. You have your little ticket. And the announcer, you know, was, was calling out, okay, green 52, purple 65. <laughs> and I thought for sure you'd get the chef. I, I yeah, really did. They had a they had the goat cheese, which I just think should be banned from the planet. It's so horrible. You're wrong. <clears throat> and they had a thing of that, and I thought uh, I, I thought exactly what Julie thought. Oh, I'm going to get that for sure, but I didn't. I got a winning ticket. You did. I got some homemade jam, melon nice. jam. Nice. So we get to try that with our guests. Yeah, of course. And you'll be rubbing that in my face. You got the winning <laughs> ticket. Um, but no, it was it was a great event. I, I just really hope it continues along and yeah. it just gains uh, momentum. And you're right. Weather obviously could yes. play into something like that. So uh, let's hope for round two next year. I thought they did a really good job. And, you know, you were talking about the glasses and the people at the Armagnac stand, they had their own little mini snifters. <laughs> and he was so cool because I tried one and then I was going to try the other one. And he, oh, no, no, I have to give you a new glass, you yeah. know, and the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, they were really sweet. I, I really hope they uh, attend again next year because it was, it was really a well-rounded example of French wines and French spirits that were uh, available at the fair. Yeah, and it was fun. Every September, most of Europe participates in Heritage Days. We've been talking about it on this podcast. Public and private historical sites that are typically closed for viewing. They open up free of charge for one weekend of the year. Now, weather permitting, we have plans to visit a couple of interesting landmarks locally with our guests. And we hope to pass that experience on to you next week on Chapter 84 of Jeff and Julie Move to France during a global pandemic. À très vite.